0: Hello, I'm Sue, and I'm Rach, and this is the Georgette Hayer podcast, and in this episode we're talking about a civil contract. So, Sue, how have you been? Um, yes, I've been pretty good, thank you. What have I done? I've started some Christmas present shopping. Very good. Um, ooh, oh, hold on, this is on brand. Um, Friday night, my husband was away for work, uh, I did a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle on Jane Austen. Did you finish a thousand pieces in a night? I started about five pm and I finished at one thirty in the morning. Once you're in the zone, that it is difficult to put it down, isn't it? As it were, <laughs> um, yeah, because you've got to do it in the right places. Oh. <laughs> what? What was the scene? Oh, it was it was so lovely. Um, it's it's. landscape kind of scene i suppose at the seaside and it's got lots of little um characters in it so jane austen's in there and then you've got all the characters from all the different books in like key scenes so there's i can't remember the names of the characters now in persuasion but there's one of them you know falling off the the little jetty bit um so it's lovely it's just like little spotting nice bits like oh there's mr darcy's head i'll put that in it was nice but anyway, Rachel, mm. between the two of us, you've had a more interesting couple of weeks, haven't you? What have you been up to?
1: Yes, well, I've um, I've i got a I've got a new job, so I had to mm-hmm. go through an interview process, and I got a new job, which, um, which is exciting, I think. Um, although now, obviously, I've stopped worrying about the interview part of it and mm. started worrying about actually doing the job. <laughs> um, but um, it's all good. And more importantly than that, Sue mm-hmm. is that. Um, Oh well, yeah. The other thing is, I had my fortieth birthday. You forty? No way! I would not. <laughs> I know. Not believe it. You look so young. You wouldn't believe it, would you? No. Um, and um, which meant that we got to see each other because we had a little meet up with our friends. And I think is that the first time we've actually seen each other properly since oh, goodness, lockdown. It might be. That's ridiculous. But yeah. Yeah. And um, and for my birthday, Sue got me a oh, I'm talking to the read the listeners now, not you. <laughs> um, got me my very own um, new copy of Venetia. What is what's it called? What, oh, what the is Bodio the Folio Society edition. Folio Society, that's right. Yeah. Uh, which yep. is very exciting. I love it.
0: Oh good. This is good. Busy you, week. You turned forty and you achieved a lovely new job. Your life is going in the right direction.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long couple of weeks, but um, it's all good.
0: Cool. And now we get to put the little cherry on top with a lovely discussion about a civil contract. Shall we start with a little summary, Rach? Let's do it. Following his father's death, Captain Deverell returns from war to find his family facing financial ruin and the loss of their beloved home. In such dire circumstances, he's no longer able to marry his childhood sweetheart, the captivating Julia. While still reeling from this heartbreak, he's made an offer. Marry Jenny, the plain daughter of a wealthy sit, in return for financial security for his family. Accepting this bargain, he and Jenny must find a way to find happiness in their life together, despite their difficult beginning. That about sums it up, right? Definitely.
1: I really like this book. I think, like... A lot of people when I read it in my youth mm. so I probably read it around the time I read most of them which was about like 18 19 when you first introduced me to them
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and I read that I got through them pretty quickly um and I think when I was my 18 and 19 year old self this book did not it, because it just because it is so different to her other ones well, it's not so different but it is different to the other to the other ones and it's not um it's not this passionate love story um i think i probably found it quite dissatisfying yes um when i was younger but uh, in a way now i think this is one of her most satisfying books we can talk about why mm. um as we go through but i i think um it, it is a it is a lovely book and it, it is different to a normal regency romance
0: yes and, and actually for that reason it, for me, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll see people say, oh, I'm just starting Georgia. Heyo, where should I start? And if somebody suggests a civil contract, I think, oh, no, no, don't start mm. with a civil contract. For me, there's a civil contract, Cotillion, and maybe to a slightly lesser extent, Venetia, that are ones that you'll get so much more out of if you come to them later on in your Heyo oh, experience, so that you can understand and appreciate how they differ from from the other books. So yeah, for, for me, yeah. this one it I, I love it, I think it's beautiful. It, it's sometimes a difficult read because because yeah. of the honesty in it, I, I think it there's yeah. you know, um, Adam talks about feeling revulsion, feeling pity yeah. towards Jenny sometimes. and you know, I think often as readers you put yourself in the in the shoes of the heroine and you you know you imagine you're in a position. no one really wants to be the the object of pity or revulsion. So it, mm. uh, that makes it harder.
1: I, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think this is one of the only hairs where it's that feeling of um, you don't often feel uh, uncomfortable when you're reading
2: mm. Georgia,
1: but th- there are there are feelings in this that that um, they both express that makes you feel uncomfortable for their really uncomfortable for their situation. It's um, mm. it's yeah, it's quite a, a, um. Yeah, it, you feel quite deeply sorry for Jenny and and, and frustrated with Adam. Um, and I think that's quite uncomfortable read sometimes.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how frustrated I feel with Adam, but I imagine we'll get to that. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. But I mean, talking of difficult reading, I think we've probably been a little bit guilty in some of our recent episodes of, of not talking about some of the problematic aspects of the calling books. out yeah yeah because i think we'd always um planned to kind of you know acknowledge those bits but i don't want to just read out the most problematic bits of George book books cause <laughs> that's probably upsetting for everyone and, and not really appropriate but this one yeah page 91 there was a horrible racial stereotype uh used and you know when you just think well that's a sentence that absolutely added nothing apart from yeah. you know, really upsetting probably quite a lot of people and taking you out of yeah, the moment yeah just think, oh,
1: I, I, I think I think that's right I think there's a because there's always different arguments for this isn't there there's arguments that that's how people would have spoken at the mm-hmm. time um and uh, and for it to be authentic yeah does it does it need to um, doesn't need to be necessarily authentic, but I think I think you're right. It it, it was so it was so throwaway in this instance that it it, yeah. it was unnecessary. I think.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So that, that bit on to nicer things. Yes. Um. And by nice we mean Adam, Captain Deverell, Viscount Linton, a man with many names. Soldier. Oh yeah. Soldier. Farmer. Lover.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's quite interesting as a soldier because I didn't think it was usual for elder sons to be soldiers, just because the, especially because he doesn't have any younger brothers. Or oh, well, I But he was the younger point, brother. Because, I wonder,
0: yeah. maybe he is. No, he start... wasn't. No, but there was a Stephen, the one who died.
1: Yeah, but he was younger than him.
0: Yeah, but I was, I was just thinking maybe yeah. when Adam joined the army, Stephen was still alive.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably right. But yeah. I think it's still unusual for an no- oh I don't know. I've got no idea. By the um, way, it would be interesting if people could tell us.
0: Stephen, I feel very bad for Stephen because his family do not care at all that he died. Well that's not true because Lady Linton... Oh he, he, <laughs> no, but she's just does. using she's using him as a tool <laughs> to batter all her other children with. Um but yeah, I mean, okay, I get it. He was a wild, selfish young man, but he's un- he he died very young. Yeah, they, it, it's
1: a bit. Well, there's a there's a matter of factness about because a couple of the brothers and sisters died. There was one as a, a mm, girl, yes, Mar- right. Mar- Maria. Yeah, that, um, I may have made that up. That mm. died, um, and and everything. So obviously the mother, you, you know, um, mentions them and says that they were, uh, you know. Um, talks about their virtues in comparison with mm. their, her um, surviving children, but um, it's very matter-of-fact and quite a callous attitude to yeah. you know, siblings that have died. Yeah. But then I think that there was an awful... Anyway, it's difficult, isn't it, because there was an awful lot more childhood deaths in those times. Mm. Now, I Stephen wasn't a child, mm. but um, I, th- I think, a lot, you know, in general, life was a little bit... was, was cheaper, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, back to Adam. Um, we Shall we have a little look at what he looks like? Yes. I've got it here. Shall I? Yep. His was a thin, sensitive countenance, rendered charming by his smile, which was of peculiar sweetness. He looked older than his 26 years, his face being a little lined through constant puckering of his eyes against a scorching sun, and his skin rather weather-beaten. He was of average height, well-built but lacking his father's magnificent physique. Indeed, had it not been for a certain tautness in his carriage, betraying the muscles in his spare frame, it might have been suspected that he was delicate, so thin was he. When he walked it was with a slight halt, but that legacy from Salamanca did not seem to discommode him much. He was lucky not to have had his leg amputated, though it was doubtful he had thought so at the time. Wimmering did not know how many agonising operations he had been obliged to undergo before the surgeon succeeded in extracting the ball and all the splinters of bone but he thought that those weeks had set their ineradicable mark on his Lordship's face. Mm. So, and, in, and actually, I think Mr. Chorley describes him as wispy at one point. Yeah. So he's got some underlying so, yes. muscle, but he's, he's a slender, slender lad who needs a bit of feeding up. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess he's been living on, he's been a soldier and he's been living on um, camp food and things like that he, for the last however many years.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah. And it, so I think that and throughout the book, we get a sense of his personality. Mm. Um, and he's quite, he's definitely, he, he's got a, a proud streak through him, hasn't he?
0: Yes. That yes. we see
1: through his dealings with yeah. Mr. Chorley.
0: He wants his independence.
1: Yeah. But, and then that often wrestles, wrestles with this very strong sense of duty. Mm. I think those two things do you know, do you wrestle against each other throughout the book. So he, he he wants to do his duty by his family, he wants to save his his family. Mm.
0: I think his his duty is actually his duty to his family home, his duty to his sisters and his mother to look after them. There's also I think he's got it. he feels bad about not being he not being a soldier anymore, not fighting while this, you know, these yeah. massive dramatic events are unfolding abroad. Um and then he feels, you know, a duty to Jenny and To Mister Chawley, to an extent, I think, because he, you know, saved him financially, and and then, you know, I suppose he has an obligation of some sort towards Julia that he had to give up reluctantly. It it feels like he's just in the middle of so many pulling forces, so many forces pulling him in different directions. It's, It's a tough place for him to be. But luckily, he's a very calm man, I think, in lots of ways. Yes, yeah. um,
1: he, he. I mean, he's got. You know, he is able to, unlike Julia, um, he is able to control his emotions mm. and, um, and at least put on a. Uh, he, he puts a good face on it, doesn't he?
0: Yes, I, and, I think all of his.
1: You've got lots of inner inner turmoil going mm, on, as you said, mm. because of all these conflicting um, emotions and feelings and duty and you know all that kind of stuff but he does manage to present to the world a um yeah a, it, this this calm sensible um mm. appearance
0: well, i think um his man of business wimmering who i like the sound of and also jenny both say that actually sometimes they would just prefer it if he flew off the handle a little bit you know that his the way he kind of retreats behind this quiet reserve makes yeah makes it really difficult to engage with him and yeah, it's, it's, it's a kind of cool distancing uh, approach as well, isn't it? This reserve that he has.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, I, I wonder if that's in there a little bit as well, because it's just to, um, to compare it sometimes against the way Mr. Chorley is, which mm-hmm. is um, he, he basically wears his heart on his sleeve and everything sort of. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, he, he doesn't. he's not um doesn't seem like a fan of of being reserved and um and holding back and i think i think they're set against each other
0: yeah you're right that's a a nice contrast yeah um i I think as well you you do get to kind of see the other side of of adam um where he takes that big risk to buy more stock going against all the advice that's kind of going going around and obviously he was a good soldier so i think there is that there's a little bit of risk taking for him that he's yeah. you know he, he will take a risk if the occasion calls for it but um i i really felt for him when he you know he, he went in and bought that stock with all the confidence in yeah. the world and then as the hours crept on he was just yeah. losing it <laughs> um yeah but yeah that that moment at the end where the you the, the the hackney carriage i think is going down the street and he, he calls out eagles because the, the eagles are coming poking yeah. out the window that's such a moment as a reader. Like I really felt yeah. I felt that relief as well with him on that one I think.
1: Yeah. Although presumably you know you knew that um, we, we won Waterloo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in the Abba song, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I know I thought that was that was a that was a really nice way of adding a bit of excitement which wasn't was probably needed in this book because it's a very quiet domestic yeah. book otherwise.
1: Well, and also it was so important for him to get back his
0: yeah.
1: independence it was it was it meant so much it wasn't it was, mm. it was you know the, the, obviously he was glad that the war um, um the war was over as well I mm. mean um, they and they won the war but um just this enormous relief in him that he you know it wasn't just about getting money it mm-hmm. was about him with getting back that pride that independence yeah.
0: um and if and- yeah yeah If it wasn't for that, I don't think we would have seen the progress that he'd made, in terms of, once he had that independence, he no longer felt the Mm. burning need to repay his mortgages for Mr. Chorley. Yeah.
1: It was a really interesting bit, that wasn't it? It was, so now he could do it, Mm. he didn't feel
0: the need to do it anymore, and that, you can completely understand that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was a a nice scene, that one. Okay. Oh, and by the way, they—they they, while we're on the topic of Adam, they—they they said uh, they used to say of me that I'd had as many lucky escapes as Harry Smith. So a lovely little Spanish bride, uh, shout out there. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Sounds... Oh, I didn't even pick that up. That's nice.
0: <laughs> um, Should we move on to Jenny then. Oh yeah, love Jenny. Oh, she's such a lovely character.
1: She's. It's interesting. Yeah. She, I mean, she, she's a very, very likable character, isn't she? Yeah. And I don't think um, I think it's quite interesting how her personality, um, how we get to know her throughout the book, mm-hmm. because you don't hear a lot in the beginning. You don't hear a lot about what's going into on in her head. Yeah. And then as it goes on, you start to understand her, her motivation, for doing mm. what she did and um and, and then through that you get to really like a sort of at the same pace as Adam does um
0: uh-huh oh, yeah. I think I was a little bit ahead of Adam but yeah
1: no sorry I I, I was yes I, I I I agree with that um you're definitely ahead of Adam and that's what makes me frustrated with Adam by the way um <laughs> but um no, you definitely you definitely get yes but, yeah. but I, I do think um it does grow throughout the book should we go to a description of her
0: Yes. Is it the description that Mr Chorley gives of her or the description of her when she meets Adam again after he's retired? It's home? in the
1: in the book. It's in Not the book. A description of this no I'd assume it
0: was in the book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. Um as in it's a description in the narration. I see, <laughs> I you see. I <laughs> <laughs> okay. You do that one and then I can do the next one and we'll see where we are.
0: Um so the Mr. Chorley when he meets Adam for the first time describes um describes jenny both her character and and her appearance appearance to an extent um but before i do this wait. did you in we re- oh you heard the audiobook version so that's handy what accent did he have mr charlie it's like a london accent okay because i wouldn't say about...
1: i do i wouldn't say it's all apples and pears but it's, yeah. it's a bit that it's yeah
0: okay because reading it for me the speech patterns the rhythm some of the language, it just made me think Northern, like he was going to be a bit my name's Jonathan Charlie and I don't take any rubbish from anyone and then it's not, and I was thinking no, he's he's London born and bred Yeah. okay, I'm glad that's, that's the case right, I will try and do London <laughs> should be in my area um, you won't find me puffing off my goods above their value so I don't mean to tell you my Jenny's a beauty because she ain't mind you, she's by no means an antidote not squinny, nor butter-toothed, nor anything of that kind. I'm bound to own, though, that she don't take. She's quiet, you see, and as shy as be damned. That's what's flawed me, and I don't deny there's been times when I was downright vexed with her, for she hasn't lacked the chances to get in arming armly with the knobs if she'd only made a push to do it, instead of shrinking into a corner and staying dumb as a mouse, so that no one as much as noticed her. Now, she'd been of Miss Julia's cut. There's a beauty for you. She doesn't lack for suitors, i warrant you an egg at Easter. Aye, that was the one friendship Jenny stuck up at school that did make me feel hopeful. The Lord knows what made them take a fancy to each other, for they ain't a bit alike, setting aside that my Jenny's two years older than Miss Julia. That was how I came to be acquainted with my Lord Oversley. So not not only does he um, describe Jenny, I I think when he says not squinny nor butter-toothed, is that squinty and yellow teeth?
1: Oh, I don't know. I thought I don't know what that makes more sense in terms of Buttertooth, actually. But I, for some reason, I think of Buttertooth as like
0: sticky out teeth. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I, I, there's absolutely no foundation for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then oh, but what 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 a uh, unfortunate comparison to make comparing Jenny with Julia to Adam.
1: Well, yeah, but this happens throughout the book. So the yeah. bit, the bit that I've got. shall I should I just do the bit that? Mm. The, The way the the book, as I call it, describes her, (laughs) rather than the character. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Chorley had not inherited her size inches. Uncharitable persons had been known to describe her as a little squab figure. Adam was not a tall man, but her head only just topped his shoulder. There was a suggestion of squareness about her. She was already plump and would probably become stouter in later life. She was certainly not a beauty, but there was nothing at least objectionable in her countenance. Her eyes were not large, but they were of a clear grey, well opened, except when she was amused when they narrowed to twinkling slits, and holding a look of grave reflection. Her hair, elaborately crimped and curled, was mouse coloured. She had a small, determined mouth, a buttoned nose, and a complexion which would have been good could she have overcome the unhappy tendency to blush fierily whenever she was embarrassed. She was un- as unlike Miss Oversty as she could be. There was no brilliance in her eyes, no allure in her smile, no music in her flat-toned voice, and not the smallest suggestion of the ethereal either in her person or her bearing. I think that you see that she's described this. This book is so harsh for how she looks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like a HD camera zooming in, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It, it, I,
1: it, this, yes, it. It just seems so. Unfit. Well, okay. That's that's how she is. It's, looked un- like. it's That's how she looked. Yeah, I, think,
0: I mean, she's got grey um, yeah. eyes, so that makes her a heroine. Mm. Um, a determined mouth. I feel like that might some other heroines might have that, but in mm. every other way, no, she's not. She's not fitting the usual template, is she? And I, I think especially the flat yeah. voice.
1: Yeah, and also some the description of the way she carries herself and that mm. she she's got like um like a, a a quick um everything about her is matter of factness is matter of fact isn't it it's like she's got this this quick tread um whereas you know julia floats um and it's the constant comparison um to julia as well um that i it just feels so harsh but i think that's also quite interesting as well because as the book goes on that comparison with julia shifts and it, it, at the at the end of the book you have this comparison with Julia where um Jenny comes off better because of how she handles herself and Julia's a bit spoiled and mm. um and you know you know it enacts these tragedies whereas um you know at the end by, by the end of the book Jenny's coming off much better and so you have this shift in the beginning everything's a negative towards Jenny and positive yeah. Julia and then you have this shift at the end of the book which I think is quite interesting
0: yes true so while there's a lot to admire about Jenny and I, I think for, for me what I'd what I admire most about her is her heroism because I think in lots of romance books there will be a couple and one of them loves the other and the other person doesn't love them or hasn't realized that they love them yet. And the person who is in love says, I cannot possibly marry this person because it would be so, so painful to live with them and them not loving me. Mm. And Jenny absolutely knows that that's going to be the case, but marrying him is going to save him and his family and ultimately make him happy. And it's the only thing that she can offer him. And she says that to Lydia at one point, I think she says, yeah, it's all I can do for him and she puts herself through the you know that means she's signing up to potentially the rest of her life being painful knowing that she is the one that loves him more
1: and I think that so that's what I was sort of saying in the beginning that we don't quite understand her motivation in the beginning so Mm. you can guess at it but the book is not explicit about her motivation in the beginning Mm -hmm. throughout it we get bits of you know I know I can make him comfortable mm-hmm. that's what I want to do I want to make him comfortable I can look after him I'm gonna basically devote my life to him yeah. and then you get that bit towards the end where she's talking to Lydia and she basically says you know this was my motivation I wanted it's all I could do do for him I had to do it for him because else he would be ruined
2: yeah
1: um and you just realize how utterly selfish that that act is mm-hmm. even though she knew it was going to be painful to him painful to her sorry
0: yeah no you're right um i
1: i I think she's got i think it's it's interesting as we say parts of her personality so she um she's likable because she doesn't um she never cuts a sham she she never um she never pretends that she's somebody she's not Mm. um and even when that doesn't necessarily play to her advantage her being a bit matter of fact and
0: um
1: a little bit Bossy in how she manages the servants, and yes, um, so she's yeah. quite
0: abrupt with them, isn't she? But then also, yeah. she's she's the one that looks around Fontley and says, "This place has just be- been neglected." Whereas I think all the Lintons just sort of see it as kind of, I know, elegant decay. Um, mm. uh, you know, she cannot understand both. that. Yeah, and she I cannot think...
1: pretend to understand it. Yeah. When
0: she says, um, "You know, they're not keeping Fontley Priory." neat and tidy and to my way of thinking that's no way of loving it I, she mm. sounds so much like a dad at that point
1: yeah but yeah I've made that point as well there's lots of little bits where you think oh goodness that that's Mr Chorley <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's obviously not as extreme as him um but her, but her, her how... approach seems
0: to be if you love something you look after it and that might be fondly priory or it might be Adam mm.
1: yeah and I think you see little bits of Mr Chorley about how she handles um how she handles the situation with julia she Mm. thinks no you know she she, um i think she handles julia quite well and she's quite forceful and a little bit overbearing in that um in in how she tackles that
0: well i think she plays julia very well when she sort of appeals to her pride you know she she kind of says well julia you can't let the, the world you know she, I think she just hints at the idea that maybe the polite society would pity her if she, if she yeah. doesn't, you know, master her emotions a little bit better. And, and mm. Julie responds nicely. I had a question for you about Jenny.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: As a modern reader, how do you feel about mm. her... Um, Sole focus almost for a lot of this book being on the comfort of Adam. Yeah, I so I did.
1: I it, yeah, So yeah, it, it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I, I definitely felt it throughout throughout mm, the book, and I felt at it. times. You, you yeah, exactly. You're mm-hmm. conscious of it, and um, I it it difficult. So, um, obviously we <laughs> um wouldn't act that way but I I I can understand it we we
0: obviously do not care about our partners
1: (laughs) so I think we have more equal relationships Mm -hmm. with our partners I would hope I don't I don't read up on the things that my partner's interested in or (laughs) make Mm -hmm. a huge effort to understand. So you um, don't get up early to
0: make him tea and make sure that his favourite macaroons are baked every evening?
1: Well, not
0: quite that far. I guess we do little things, don't we? Mm -hmm. But um,
1: as you say, it's her whole um, life is devoted to him. She's reading up on agriculture and... um, and also and, and also th- th- i think more than that because everyone does little things that's just nice little things yeah um but i think it's it's more that she feels that she can't um you know criticize him for coming back late um mm. she can't challenge him on those kind of things that on the things that he d- does that are a little a little bit selfish and a little bit yeah um thoughtless and and she feels like she's just got to take that um and that is portrayed as oh she's a comfortable wife she's a good wife yeah. because she won't challenge that and she doesn't have tantrums and and things like that yeah. it's almost like to be a good wife you cannot be emotional and be yourself and be uh,
0: uh it's almost like she to be like herself. julia
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I felt, and that's what makes me feel uncomfortable more than the doing little things and, yeah. you know, making making tea and macaroons and things like that. It, it's more that it's the portrayal at, of the perfect wife as mm. this person that does those things and doesn't complain and doesn't, um, you know, make sure she doesn't talk about nonsense at the breakfast <laughs> table because he might not, not like it. Um, yeah. I, I, think, I think that does feel uncomfortable, but... Yeah
0: i think it th-
1: makes me like her more i
0: think okay That's, okay yeah um i, th- I think the bit that the slightly i was okay with it the bit that pushed me over the edge a little bit is when his friends come to visit and yeah. um oh don't it say it, um so this is of his friends uh, adam's friends visiting from me. they enjoyed some excellent partridge shooting they were extremely well fed and the hostess did not expect them to do the pretty she ministered to their creature comforts and was apparently pleased if they spent a whole evening in the exchange of peninsular memories instead of making polite conversation to her. They thought to her a capital woman, Captain Langton going so far as to say with a disarming grin, It's a great shame Dev sold out, Lady Linton. You'd have made a famous wife for a soldier, for nothing ever puts you out, no matter how late he returned to his quarters, I'll swear you have had a first-rate dinner waiting for him and it's just like it's not yeah at this point she's not just catering for adam she's catering for all of his friends and it's just i mean her servants are catering but still it's it feels like quite a quite a lot yeah
1: i think yeah i can understand why she's doing it and i don't think the worst of her for doing it i Mm. it's just the um idea that this is what makes a perfect wife and the only thing that makes Mm. a perfect wife Mm. that is a little bit i have a problem with
0: well as well i think there, there are a couple of bits later on when she's pregnant and um a bit grumpy for a couple of reasons um i like her she... a lot
1: more when she's pregnant
0: exactly. <laughs> when, she yeah. left, when she properly lets rip you think yes go on jenny you've had this waiting inside you for a yeah. while this is good and yeah it kind of shows that maybe she's not as quite as insecure in their relationship when that happens as well
1: well yeah and also she's just got this such a you know so which when she's um but throughout it, she's got this, such a tight, tight control over her emotions, and she doesn't let her emotions show at all because she yeah. um, she doesn't want Adam to see it, and mm. she thinks that that would make her a bad wife and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And then when she's pregnant, it's just you know the, the hormones uh, you can you can tell it, you yeah. know, the hormones are um, are raging, and she just um, she can't control that those feelings anymore, and that's quite refreshing. I think that's quite a refreshing part of the book. Yeah. And, and and what's really nice about it is that he understands it and he understands that she's suffering and yeah um yeah
0: I think there's one argument well, I think that's a bit of a returning point yes I, I think there's there's one point where they have a bit of an argument and he storms off and he's a bit resentful about her you know telling him off a bit and then he sees how kind of upset and how you know at a loss she is about her current feelings and her hormones every- being everywhere and he immediately just kind of wants to take care of her. And that's lovely. But I, I think part of Jenny's um, ability to keep her emotions in check is one of those things that mean that other characters seem to think she's lacking in feeling yeah. that they-, they think she doesn't notice Adam and Julia's love for each other or um, yeah, just they just think she's oblivious rather than in in, in control and I, do, well, I think that's to do with her class if she was a member of Adam's set I think they would just think that she was very calm and in control
1: so I think, that, I think that's true but I, I think there are a, a, a couple of characters in the book which who clearly start to see her worse mm. before Adam does yeah So um, Lady... um, Oh, Nasingham. Yeah, Nasingham. Um, And um, Lord Rockhill.
0: Mm, He's interesting. Sorry, Nasington. But what I love about Lady Nasington is that her son (laughs) says, wonderful woman, Mama, abuses us all like pickpockets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I want (laughs) to abuse people like pickpockets. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, she's a good character, isn't she? she and she manages um,
0: to stand up to Mr. Chorley.
1: Yeah. Um, well oh, wait, wait. I mean, she she's not she's not struggling at all, is she? She's just like <laughs> this is how it is. Um, she definitely comes off the better in each um, oh yeah, each yeah. fight with uh, Mr. Chorley.
0: Oh yeah, we, we were saying that they kind of understood Jenny sooner than Adam does, and I think yeah, so Lady Nascenton, yep, and Rock Hill as well. He he gets what Jenny Jenny's kind of manoeuvring. Yeah, I think he, he credits yes. her with more intelligence than a lot of the other people around her do.
1: Yeah, yes, but he definitely sees, you know, that she um, that she knows about how Adam feels about Julia, mm. and um, and that she is trying to like make the best of it. And and I mean, there's a little element of it which is that serves his purpose oh, which yeah. is why he, there's a kind of a allyship between them isn't mm, there mm. is that a word um yeah alliance the, alliance that's a much better and real word <laughs> um, yeah there's definitely an alliance between them um which you know suits both of them
0: yeah he's ends. a very interesting character Rock Hill. He, he deserves better than julia yeah but she's pretty, pretty. he loves her
1: okay. she's attractive and and you get the feeling he doesn't have he, he, they will be happy because he understands julia much better than adam
0: yeah does he sees her flaws i yeah. believe I, I don't understand yeah. what positives he sees in her other than that she's very beautiful but mm. hey that's not my problem yeah <laughs> um no one thing as well about jenny i i think her very difficult pregnancy because she's suffering through that pregnancy isn't she Mm. that i think the reader can't help but have a a ton of sympathy for her because of that but yeah i mean that just them having a baby together makes this the most domestic
1: yeah we don't have that at all yeah that is the only that's the only hair i can think of where they have a they actually have a baby. There's there's a talk of having a baby in another one, I think. Yeah. But um, you don't actually.
0: There's, yeah. There's um, there's the scene where there is a suckling going on, which yeah. is not a term I enjoy. Um, <laughs> could you just please call it breastfeeding? Because suckling just makes me look at pigs. Yeah. Or um, we'll just call it nursing. Surely, oh, yeah, nursing's nice. But I, That's I think a nice one. I think I saw a conversation about a civil contract somewhere online and a lot of people saying they really really enjoyed the suckling scene they found it I can't even talk about it without giggling um but they found it very (laughs) touching and emotional and I I was just I think our
1: problem with suckling is you Mm. think of suckling pig yeah that's my immediate thing is suckling pig and that makes me think of a dead little pig on a platter so it doesn't have the best connotations for me you did though wouldn't you (laughs) I have yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, but it is quite. But it is. It's an, But that is a nice little scene, the suckling scene. Apart from the word "suckling," <laughs> we've, we've, said, we've it said, it it said it too like many times, dozen
0: times now. Stop it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I quite like the bit where he, the baby, looks up in an angry way, thinking he's being going to be interrupted. Mm, it, is, mm. it is a really nice little domestic scene, which mm. shows their progress and shows how much. Um, it, it shows that domesticity, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: um should we talk a bit about how their relationship progresses definitely um i i I think the heartbreak for me starts early on when adam can't even remember having met her before despite i mean they've spent enough time in each other's company that jenny's in love with him and i think adam refers to as that strange woman that was around julia
1: yeah but too often (laughs) it's something like yeah it's some sort of yeah sort of round there hanging around like a bad smell
0: yeah when he's trying to make up to julia um Um, yeah they have they have um one of those lovely honest chats so they actually get to meet before they they marry Mm -hmm. and you know i guess check in with each other that they're both happy with it um and jenny at that point is she i think she blushes virally and is a little awkward and uncomfortable but she is very direct and honest and that that kind of continues. So after the, after the wedding, and she talks about um, she talks about having children in the in the most startlingly direct way for for her heroine. You know, yeah. it makes like, him feel
1: a bit uncomfortable about with, with her frankness. I
0: think. Yeah, I've got the I've got the um the section here. Uh, okay, so. Adam says, I'm not blind to the evils of your situation. We are barely acquainted, as you have said yourself. It must be uncomfortable for you indeed. He smiled at her, not lovingly, but very kindly. That evil will soon be remedied. In the meantime, don't be afraid. I won't do anything you don't like. She took a moment or two to answer this, her countenance inscrutable. You're very obliging, she said at last. I'm not afraid. That wasn't it. I dare say there are many husbands and wives who were no better acquainted at the outset than we are. It wouldn't do for people who have a great deal of sensibility, but I don't think I have much. I mean, there's no need for you to be in a worry over me. I hate fusses and Twitters. In general, persons in my walk of life don't deal much in marriages of convenience. But in yours know, they're pretty common, aren't they? Um, and then they talk a little bit about the difference in, in their stations.
2: Mm.
0: And she says, I'm not the wife you wished for. But i'll do my possible to behave as i should you'll be wanting an heir and i hope i should give you one i should like to have children and the sooner the better but that's for you to decide i mean that's interesting because i feel like he starts off that by saying i won't do anything you don't like and that's kind of coded language for yeah we don't need to have a sexual I relationship won't... yeah until you're comfortable and she's saying no i want a baby and i want one as soon as possible yeah I, no, I love yeah. that about her i love that that directness yeah and it's just
1: well yeah so it, well she probably doesn't want it feel like she, she wants a baby but also i think it's that thing again about she wants to be the perfect wife and that is part of what the perfect wife mm. would do produce an heir i do like that throughout the whole thing this has to be a boy because a girl would be so disappointing <laughs> <laughs> um but um but yeah, I think I think it's just part of that, isn't it? That she,
0: I, I think there is something very maternal about her too.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I think that is that is that as well. But I, I, I do think that she just sees it all part of her duty as well.
0: I can see the appeal as bits... well. Yeah. So I was just going to say, I can see the appeal as well in her position where she doesn't necessarily have Adam's love. She will have the love of her child.
1: Yeah, that's a bit sad, though, isn't it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's bits. lots of sad bits in this book
1: yeah well talking of a sad bit um this so early on there's a bit that makes me feel it, it was one of those uncomfortable bits and one th- there are bits in this that make me little passages that just make me feel so sad <laughs> for Jenny yeah. and so so sad for their situation so I think you referred to it before um so this is where they've, they've just got married and um, they're traveling or they're on their honeymoon. Mm. Um, and he's been thinking of um, Julia. So his vision of ethereal loveliness vanquished beside him plump and a little homely sat reality in a stylish police and a hat whose poke front and curled ostrich feathers made an incongruous frame for a round, rosy face, remarkable only for its determination. Revulsion held him speechless for a moment. But as his eyes met Jenny, he saw the anxiety in hers, and his mood changed to one compassion. Now that 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 whole thing makes me feel really uncomfortable. Mm. And then there's that, you know, the revulsion is such a strong yeah. word. Yeah. Um, and it's not that I don't. You don't understand Adam because he's in love with somebody else. He's passionately yeah. in love with somebody yeah. else, and then he sees reality. Mm. It, it, it's just such harsh reality, isn't it, for us to read?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then there's a bit at the end about that about a feeling of compassion, and and so it's nice that he feels compassion, but it's just so horrible that she's pitied like that.
0: It's it's necessary for him to show that compassion because otherwise you you lose your love for him as a character, don't you? He, he, he has to recognize. I don't know. He just has yeah. to have that human quality. Yeah.
1: And and there is a couple of bits like that where he um, he has these feelings. He's feeling these feelings, and then he remembers Jenny, or he sees Jenny, mm. or he comes back to Jenny, and then he realizes what his what his duty is, or that he has to. Protect her in some way, or put put on a front for her, and it it is you feel better towards him. It's it's a very difficult thing because you 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 feel a bit of um you feel so sorry for her and so sorry that he's feeling those things. Yeah, but um, but you can't dislike him because of it because it's just how he feels and he tries his best.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I think you you can't judge him or think too poorly of him because. He was in love with another woman and is still in love with another woman and all you can do is admire how how that doesn't make him neglect or treat jenny badly you know there's there's his instinct and his impulses and his you know his his feelings and then there's actually what you see on the surface and that's what he's got control over and he handles that side of things well as well as well as you can yeah that's all that's all we can ask him really i think we all might wish that he Saw Julia's flaws as quickly as we did, and saw Jenny's strength as quickly as we did. But he's he's still you know a young man who's very much in love, and um, yeah. had his whole life but, fall apart yeah. around him. Yeah,
1: but I, I still feel frustrated with him mm. at points because he doesn't see it as quickly as other people and we do. Sorry, mm. so do- not necessarily Julia's faults, but doesn't don't, doesn't see Jenny's worth. As quickly mm. as we mm-hmm. do so for example when they um when the, the fainting scene happens so mm. the, julia and adam meet for the first time after this has all happened and um at a party and julia faints and um, oh into his arms into his arms exactly yeah. um because she can't control herself mm. um and the first thing jenny does is um completely takes a hand, handle the situation says oh isn't it hot you know she always faints cuz um, yeah. when she's overheated she um, and really takes control
0: it. yeah it's really yeah. good
1: takes control of the situation um but then there's this is bit um and, and and so we see what she's doing there mm-hmm. but i don't think that adam fully sees it no. so there's a bit um then in the coach uh with jenny and he i don't know whether he fo- he knows how much she knows mm. about that former relationship, yeah. but he definitely doesn't see that what she her worth there, what what she did for all them all mm. in in brushing over the whole situation, um and how much strength that must have taken to do it, and what and what situation they'd all be in if she hadn't done that, yeah, and um, Lady Oversey sees it, um, uh, Rockhill sees Rock it, does, yeah. but he doesn't, mm. yeah, um.
0: There's, there's a line yeah. in that one actually that I, that broke my heart a little bit he says um he wants to shield his love from malicious tongues and his wife too poor little soul and i think yeah, when, exactly. when i read it and he says yeah. shield his love from malicious tongues i think oh that's a nice way to talk about jenny and then says, and his wife too and think oh yeah. right, his love is you julia you're talking about okay, julia right. yeah and but i yeah. think that's one of the things i find very realistic about this book in that there aren't any road to damascus moments where somebody just you know, they suddenly understand a person better or they suddenly fall in love. Mm. A lot of the relationships says two steps forward and one step back. So there's lots of points, I think, where I think, oh, Adam's made a bit of progress with Jenny here. He's beginning to value her. And then in the next scene, he and Julia have this angsty tete a tete. Yeah. And then, oh, he and Julia, he and Jenny kind of grow closer. And then, oh, no, there's another Julia scene. And it just, it takes longer than we want. But I think that's, that's more realistic, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. And and you're um yeah, there's a couple of things where you think um when you, you're sort of hearing his thoughts and he um is sort of saying, Oh, he is comfortable and his you can see that their day-to-day life together mm. is full of laughter and um
0: I'm not sure it's and... full of laughter. It's not like riotous, is it? But it's gentle sort of no, in jokes, it's,
1: isn't it? Yeah, comfortableness, isn't yeah. it? It is comfortable. Their life together is comfortable. Mm. Uh, but but he still has this sadness that you just want to sort of shake out of him a little bit. Yeah. But you can't because yeah. he just feels it. Mm.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, uh, um, as well as that fainting scene, there's the bit where Julia sings a sad love song in front of a bunch of people oh. to Adam. And I wanted to slap her. Yeah. was she thinking
1: it it, that is a very
0: and there frustrating bit isn't it we have lydia coming to the rescue um, yeah by suddenly kind of going well okay let's play a game just to break the (laughs) break the horrible atmosphere um yeah
1: but i think that whole that how lydia when we see that whole scene through lydia's eyes i think it's actually a really lovely part that lydia can feel this charged atmosphere mm. and these emotions that she she's too young to properly understand yeah
0: it's outside of her experience isn't it
1: yeah exactly and then you get this nice bit where broth is um love broth yeah and and he sees um lydia and um and how she must uh, you know you get the feeling that he understands what she's feeling um and then you start to understand, oh, he he likes her. Which is, I think their relationship is really sweet as well.
0: Mm, yeah, and they, they they just see in both two very sort of like energetic, positive, fun people. And I think you need a bit of that, don't you, in this in this book? Because everything else yeah. is quite a bit more angsty. Bit of relief. Yeah,
1: I I do, I do like the bits where um, he is, starts to see her worth and that. Um, there's a bit so this is it, it, it's a sad scene because she's asking to go to Fontley. Oh, um, he's been to Fontley before and he didn't take her that time. Mm. Um, and he he admits that he's not, um, he doesn't want Chorley hands on Fontley, Mm. and that's talking about the father, but it's talking about Jenny as well, yeah. Um, and and he suddenly realised that she knows that. Um, so you get that. So, of course I'll take you there, he replied. To help him too, if you should feel able for it. I don't think you'd care for Lincolnshire during the winter months, so if I gave you my word not to meddle, change anything, any more than if I was a visitor. He stared at her, so much shocked by this halting word that for a moment he could think of nothing to say. He had been glad to escape to from the stifling luck of Linton House, but he had never acknowledged to himself that he did not want to see Jenny installed there. It was true, however, and she knew it. And the humble note in her voice, when she uttered her request, the look that told him she was afraid of rebuff, shamed him more than any spoken reproach. He thought in horror, I take everything and give nothing. Mm. And it's just, oh, that, that feeling that she's his wife and... she knows that he that she he doesn't want her there because almost like she's not worthy of it and it's just so heartbreaking
0: and i think later she says when she when she's pregnant um she says you won't even want to see your son there because he's partly me
1: oh yeah yeah when she's feeling very pettish and very yeah yeah yeah. and oh and that's how she feels and that's just such a horrible thing for somebody to feel
0: but interesting him talking about how he takes 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 because There's a scene where he and Julia are having one of their um, little tete-a-tetes and she kind of suggests they have an affair, um, which Mm. I was a little surprised about. Um, Let me find it. Uh, She says to him, cannot something be left to us? If your affections has been engaged or Jenny's, it would be another matter. But yours is a marriage of convenience. You did it to save Fontney, she to gain social advancement. Um, There has been no pretense of love between you. Jenny cannot be hurt by anything that passed between you and me, Adam. She knows that you love me. She has always known it. And then, just on from that, uh, Julia says, I know what it must have meant to her, situated as she was, to be so elevated. You may think it a a worthless thing, but how could she? Easy to despise what you've always had, Once she said that to me? I hadn't understood I was in such distress, but I did then. She said she wasn't the first and wouldn't be the last to marry for the sake of position did she? But position wouldn't compensate her for the humiliation of being pitied or sneered at by the ton, because it was seen that I still loved you, Julia. Oh, no, no, but people don't. Think of the Ashcots. Everyone knows that Ashcot is more than Mrs. Porth's friend, but no one... It is also pretty freely rumoured that Mrs... That Lady Ashcot has found consolation, he interrupted. But what would Jenny do if I neglected her? She wasn't born into our set. She hasn't a host of friends and relations as you have, as Lady Ashcot has, and she's too shy to make her own way. We made a one-sided bargain. It's she who gives, and I who take. But I can at least give her loyalty. She caught her breath on a sob. I didn't mean, or wish. I wouldn't injure her. But we have been such dear friends, Adam. Must we never meet and talk together as we were used to do? Jenny wouldn't grudge us such a tiny crumb of comfort. It wouldn't be comfort, Julia. Oh, my love, can't you understand? I miss you so, she said sadly. Wouldn't it be a little comfort? He could only shake his head. She turned away, saying... I didn't know we must be wholly estranged. I must be very stupid, I think. Yeah, you are, Julia. Yeah, (laughs) Um, it
1: is difficult, isn't it? Because she, you know, she's just clearly quite. She's quite spoilt, and that is how she's. She thinks she feels, Um, but it's just the like. If you just behaved like you should, then you wouldn't be putting everybody through this pain. Like she. You know, you, know, saying you love somebody and then, then, you know, knowingly putting them through more pain and just not yeah. thinking of anybody but yourself, mm-hmm. oh.
0: showing so little control of her emotions is infuriating. And even, but yeah. even at that point, I, I, I don't know. I want Adam to hear that speech of Julia's, and and think, oh no, I mean, realize this, this isn't the woman I thought yeah. she was. But he, he's not there yet. He's still, he's still hiding mm. for her.
1: But it is nice, isn't it? So, so, as you get further and further on in the book, um, you he starts to see what Jenny does for him mm. and her. And you're right; it is is um, alting. So there is to two, two steps forward, one, one step back. Mm. But um, gradually, it moves forward. And um, and what I, I like is where the, when the baby's born, mm. and um, so it's not particularly nice that he doesn't um, show much interest in his son because he's a little ugly thing. Yeah. Um, but I do, but you know, babies are. Um, but um, what I think what's really nice is how concerned he is. Yeah, his
0: his first word is Jenny. How's Jenny?
1: Yeah. yeah. How's Jenny? Um, can I go and see Jenny? Doesn't really, and mm. I, I think if it was the other way around and he was like really wanted to see his son and that's all he cared about, mm. then you would think worse of him because yeah. he that's all he cares about because it's his son yeah. but actually he's worried about his Jenny yeah. and um and I think that's that's a nice a nice part and then yeah and then again he and then he starts to become more aware that Julia is not perfect and starts to recognise. Julia's yeah. flaws, yeah. and as that happens, he compares that to Jenny's comfortableness and mm. um, and worth.
0: It's not the compliment you want to receive from a man, is it? Oh, you make me so comfortable. But it, it is something. It is. And, and by the end, he
1: actually wouldn't swap it, I don't think, because he realises that the, I, I think, so by the end he realises that Julia it's his idea of Julia that he um loves Mm. not actually Julia Mm -hmm. and actually reality Mm. is something he wouldn't swap
0: yes yeah he's I think he says at one point like if he you know he would he wouldn't do not do away with Jenny but you know if he could click his fingers and and she disappear he wouldn't do that yeah which is is something and and it is
1: slightly marred by even at the end um the the knowledge that there wouldn't be i've forgotten what the word but you know there wouldn't be passion in his life there wouldn't mm. be alt um things alt but and it would just be being comfortable but actually day to day he is happy yeah and yeah he he's busy
0: content. as well he's he's got you know yeah. his experimental farm to do stuff with
1: yeah and who knows, you know, if he'd married Julia, mm. he might not be able to actually concentrate that much on that because she'd want to be in town, and yeah, 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 it would not. So her, you know, he knows that that in the end, that that would not have been a happy marriage.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. So let's actually have a look where he kind of gets to yeah. some of this realization. Um. So I think he he arrives home to Fontley, um just after he he finds out he's got all the money um and julia thinks that uh i think i think julia thinks that uh he avoided her because he couldn't bear to see her or something so she says you didn't wish me to come yeah. to Fontley, did you you should have told me so my you julia no no you're quite mistaken oh don't talk like that she said impulsively not to me not to me adam he was considerably taken aback the throbbing note in Julia's voice indicated, even to his inexperienced ears, that she was dangerously wrought up. Um, and then he kind of like drags her into a, into a private room so that people don't have to hear her lose one. Um, and G- Julia says, You said it was painful. Is it still so painful? Why did you allow Jenny to invite me? How could I know? Julia, for God's sake, you're, t- you're talking nonsense, my dear. Indeed you are. I left Fontney because Mr. Chorley sent me a most urgent message, and for no other reason. I thought to be back again in good time for Lydia's party, but circumstances intervened, which made it impossible. It was very bad of me, and I'm deep disgraced with Lydia, poor girl. She was set on having us all at her party, and in the end, not one of us was present. Lydia? She was not mortified by your absence. No one thought you had stayed away because she was here. I would not have believed you would offer me such a slight. You might have written to me. So then, (laughs) she kind of goes on a bit in, in that... Line Mate, a and it was about your love. Yeah. There's nothing about your love. <laughs> World events are happening. So yeah. let's calm down. The waterloo's happening. <laughs> yeah. and, um, Adam had never before seen her in a pet or imagined that she could behave like a spoilt child. Uh, he was not in the least angry with her, but he did think that she was being silly and tiresome. He wondered whether she often indulged in dramatic tra- tantrums and found himself feeling sorry for Rockhill. Though, so, amazing. He's feeling. Sorry for Rockhill at this point. And he says, uh, he was conscious, not of a burning desire to fold her into his arms and kiss away her melancholy, but of irritation. Oh, Julia, not at this hour, he begged. He took her hand and raised it to his lips so as she stared at him in amazement. My dear, I beg your pardon, but you're being quite absurd. You know very well I didn't run away because I didn't wish to meet you. Um. So yeah, I mean, he calls her absurd. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, he definitely realises at that point. Mm. that
1: he um he's definitely better off with jenny and
0: yeah in fact he says and that says it yeah (laughs) (laughs) in fact he says to 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 julia doesn't he perhaps we never had time yeah to, to know each other very well i don't and yeah he says i don't think i was ever as romantic as you believe me to be and it's absolutely true adam is intrinsically a fairly boring man like I think yeah. there's a bit where we end up having a conversation with Rockhill about farming <laughs> and and Haya he- does that kind of beautiful kind of little, I don't know, the, the written equivalent of a side eye where she makes it clear that Rockhill Rock is bored but is politely talking about farming because that's what Adam's interested in.
1: Well, and also he wants to talk about farming to show Julia how boring Adam is. Yeah, oh
0: yeah <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Adam is a man who is interested in farming and will read books about cows and, you know, he's very fussy about what he eats and quite particular and not good in the mornings. And I mean, he's got his heroic, you know, army life behind him, but that's, that's not really all of, all of what he is. Yeah.
1: And then you get the bit at the, so the bit at the end where they're having this conversation. Mm. So he's um, he's made this wealth um, Mm. and he almost said, is it too late? So is it, yeah. it's too late because if this had happened before, um, you could have married Julia.
0: Yeah. Although it doesn't have make make it clear that actually it's not really enough money for that.
1: Well, yeah. He said, so he says, um, I should have married Julia. I doubt it. I suppose I might have contrived to compound with the creditors, but I hardly think obviously would have consented to such a poor match for Julia. He told me once that he didn't think we were well suited. In fact, we should have been very ill suited she would, would have discovered me to be a dead poor poor girl. And I am very much better off with my Jenny. So he does say that, but yeah, that is yeah. sweet, isn't it? Yeah. She blushed firely. Oh, no, you don't mean that. I do try to make you comfortable, but I'm not beautiful or accomplished like she is. No, but on the other hand, you don't enact me Cheltenham tragedies when I've barely swallowed my breakfast, he said. He took her face between his hands turning it up and looking down at her for a moment before he kissed her. I do love you, Jenny, he said gently, very much indeed. And I couldn't do without you. You are part of my life. Judy was never that, only a boy's impractical dream.
0: Oh, Oh. that's lovely, isn't it? That's really nice. That's where the book could end.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't. (laughs) No. So then then we move into Jenny's head. So this is all un, unvoiced. But um, a little pang smote her. She wanted to ask him, do you love me as much as you loved her? But she was too inarticulate to be able to utter the words. And in a minute knew that it would be foolish to do so. Searching his eyes, she saw warmth in them and tenderness, but not the ardent flame that had once kindled them when he had looked at Julia. She hid her face in his shoulder, thinking that she too had had an impractical dream but she had always known that she was too commonplace, a matter of fact, to inspire him with the passionate adoration he had felt for Julia. Probably Adam would always carry Julia in some corner of his heart. She had been tiresome today, putting him out of love with her, but Jenny did not think that this revulsion would last. Julia stood for his youth and the high hopes he had cherished, and although he might no longer yearn to possess her, she would remain nostalgically dear to him while life endured. Um, yeah. And then, I'm just gonna skip a little bit, she said, She felt his hand lightly stroking her hair, and lifted her head. He was looking gravely at her, aware that she was troubled, yet not wholly understanding the cause. She gave him a hug, smiling reassuringly at him. She thought and was comforted that, though she was not the wife of his dreams, it was with her, not with Julia, that he shared life's little foolish jokes. Her eyes narrowed, twinkling, as she disclosed the latest of these to him. I wouldn't tell you till we were alone, but your mamma writes that it's exactly as she foretold. The hint of anxiety in his face disappeared. Amusement took took its place. He exclaimed appreciatively, Charlotte's child favours Lambert. She nodded, chuckling. Yes, and she says the poor little thing is positively gross and quite undistinguished, besides having already a decided air of self-consequence. He gave a shout of laughter, and the pain in her heart was eased. After all, life was not made up of moments of exaltation, but of quite ordinary, everyday things. The vision of the shining, inaccessible peaks vanished. Jenny remembered two pieces of domestic news and told Adam about them. They were not very romantic, but they were really much more important than grand passions or blighted loves. Giles Jonathan had cut his first tooth and Adam's best cow had given birth to a fine heifer calf. So Aww. much bittersweetness instilled yeah. in, those, in those final paragraphs, right? It's, it's bittersweet, but it is...
1: Like, so when, when he's not thinking of Julia and when they're not thinking of Julia Mm. life just goes on and yeah life is comfortable and you know life is funny and life, Mm. and that that's what matters and I think that it ultimately is a nice message and and I think out of all the hair love stories at least you get a real feeling with this one that this is going to be a happy contented marriage and you're not worried at all about how they're going to do because we know they're fine Mm. and um and that's that it's almost the most satisfying of love stories
0: yeah there's still a bit of me that feels sad that jenny didn't ever like she still refers to herself as commonplace at the very end and she's never experienced yeah. what it's what it's like to be adored by a man that she loves and you know that yeah that's an experience she's never going to have and that that's sad um but i think as ever she has a practical viewpoint and i think the the way she chooses to think of julia as like a piece of nostalgia for for adam like a reminder of his mm. youth I, I think that's that's really perceptive and um and and a, a comfortable way to to find a place in Julia's history with Adam
1: yeah and at least she knows that Julia could never have made Adam yeah. as happy as she has made him mm. and she had at least she has that belief um, yeah, which is perhaps yeah but for her yeah I, I agree For her, for her you want her to be she deserves to be adored she deserves more mm-hmm. but yeah neither of them get it in the end so yeah <laughs> you know, do you, you wouldn't want to be julia in this situation
0: either would you so i mean i mostly wouldn't want to be rock hill but but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but nor would adam so but yeah beautiful beautiful ending and i it it i feel like hey in her own views on marriage and relationships really comes through it feels personal yeah. you know yeah. If it, yes, it feels it, it's it's it feels truthful and yeah. yeah, like a bit of a manifesto for for a happy relationship. I agree. Well,
1: we have talked about this for an hour and a half. Oh, we haven't can been we about move any on. The
0: secondary characters yet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this, this could be a two-parter. Can we move on to talk about someone that I I do have a passionate love for? Yeah, go on. It's obviously Mr. Chorley. He's a great character, isn't he? He is. So with Mr. Chorley, what what I, personally, I always dislike it when somebody introduces themselves and tells me what I should think of them. Like, like, you know, they almost give you their CV pitch. Like, I'm this type of person. And it's hardly ever true. You know, people will say they're empathetic or, or, you know, and you think, no, you're not. You're awful um mr chorley does a bit of that he, he he can't meet a new person without explaining exactly what kind of man he is how he doesn't take any nonsense and he'll you know he won't get robbed in any kind of business deal and that is irritating and you can totally understand why adam and his family find yeah. it difficult to deal with um but yeah, he has so many other lovely i mean and that man is generous to a fault isn't he um, in fact yeah. um there was a lovely phrase in that where um uh jenny says that her dad doesn't always realize when people don't want both sides of their bread buttered <laughs> yeah I, I by the way i totally have both sides of my bed buttered. <laughs> yeah. um but yeah and he that, that's one of the things he gets on adam's nerves with isn't he like constantly buying him things
1: yeah but he
0: cannot i mean that no, so that is a
1: um i don't know whether it's a bit of a trope about class that um you know, somebody that has made their own way in the world and made their own money, um, he, he cannot see why he can't flaunt it and hmm. he wants to show because it, because it's such a um it's a measure of his success. The things that he yeah. can buy
2: mm.
1: are um show his success and show who he is as a person because mm. he has managed to achieve this and managed to um to, yeah, make his own money and he wants to flaunt it and he cannot understand adam yeah um reserve in this and not um not, well firstly not not wanting to flaunt money mm. um which you know um probably to do with his breeding or um you know his um his upbringing um but also doesn't want to um, it, it hurts his pride to accept these things and um, and Mr. Chorley doesn't understand that kind of pride. No. They're both yeah. proud men in a way, aren't they? Because because um Chorley is 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 proud of what he's accomplished and um you know that, and and Adam is proud that he doesn't want to take handouts and doesn't want to take charity. Yeah. And it hurts his sensibilities and his pride to, mm. to accept those things for Mr. Chorley.
0: Yeah, but I, I think Mr. Chorley can be hurt too, can't he? Um, so I think it. one of the lovely things about Mr. Chorley is his concern, his genuine his genuine love and affection for Jenny. And, yeah. you know, he talks about missing his his wife who died and his concerns for Jenny and, you know, potentially losing her during childbirth. And I don't know, he's he's almost got sort of like a modern man ability to express his emotions that you don't see in Adam's class
1: yeah
0: yes, you know, he, where... he doesn't have any
1: reserve no <laughs> um, no, and, and you've got to like that about him I think that he I, he wears his heart on his sleeve doesn't he
0: yes I, I think as well what I like about him is that Haya obviously created this astonishing character and then made sure that we get to see him interacting with all the other different characters so you know we yeah. know that he you know that he rolled Lady Linton out like pastry when he went to collect Lydia, which is a lovely way of describing it. And like he, he arrives at Fontley with a pineapple and a turtle. And he, you know, he's just he, he shows up and he immediately takes over the sea. Wherever he goes, he's sort of in charge of it, isn't he? Um, yeah. So like when he's at Fontley for Christmas, he's amazing with the village kids, you know, he's, give, he's doing tricks and conundrums and giving out gifts for every child and and, oh, what I like about him is he's got these strange passions. Like, like he's really into China, and he's got this inherent, excellent taste when it comes to China that Adam recognizes and values.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is a, that was that's an interesting bit, isn't it? That they yeah. he, he was given that trait. Um, the yeah, I can't really explain why that bit's in the book almost because it seems. Yeah, it just seems a bit random. But,
0: um, Mm, because I think in the book, like, well, I think it was used as like a bit of a comparison, wasn't it? So Mr. Chorley kept wanting Jenny to talk to Adam about the China, but Jenny didn't really have a passion for it. Whereas Mm. Mr. Chorley, that that enthusiasm just absolutely bubbled out of him. And he's got that, isn't he? Because he's larger than life. That's that's how it works. But I, I think the way his relationship with Adam develops. Is is lovely. Again, again, it's one of those two steps forward, one step back kind of relationships mm. where you think they've made, you think they're absolutely fine, and then oh no, he's done something silly again.
1: It's such an interesting power dynamic between them, isn't it? Because, mm. um, because it, in one sense, Mister Chorley's got all this power because he has the money, and it and that that's where the money's coming from, mm. and um and so in a sense, Adam feels that he's got that power over him. But then Mr. Chorley doesn't want to push himself on um, on Adam and Jenny in terms of, you know... Um, yeah. He doesn't want him to be introduced to his, the Tunnish friends and mm-hmm. um, doesn't want to be, in, you know, doesn't feel like he should be, should be invited to their house or invited to Fontenay. Um So you've got this class... Um, power dynamic as well. That's the opposite of the money. Um, I think that's quite an interesting power dynamic. Like he, uh, and, and then and then at, as you say, it really develops throughout the book um, with these little power struggles between him and Adam. Yeah. And then at the end, when he gives him the advice, which turns out to be wrong yeah. about the selling the government stocks, mm. um, and then actually Adam wins out on that argument there's a new respect for uh, he has a new respect for adam
0: yeah he he gets really annoyed when adam stands up for himself so like adam saying no we're going to be a fondly for the birth um but mm. also respects it and it's it's difficult yeah. for him isn't it because you get the impression that he's never really it, there's adam and lady nasington and they're the only people who have ever, ever stood up to jonathan shawley
1: yeah yeah and Jenny's got a little way of, st- of standing up to him. Very, yeah. it, it you know, it, it's it's much more subtle and a bit more manipulative <laughs> in a nice way. <laughs> um, but but she definitely doesn't want to offend him.
0: He um, can we have a look at this um? When Jenny's it's like Jenny's ch- childbirth is long, and they're they're just hanging out together. M- Mr. Shorty and Adam getting increasingly tense, and until. Mr. Chorley just blow, blows up at Adam. Ah, um, oh, you may look down your nose, Mr. Chorley flung at him. As proud as a cock on your own dunghill, ain't you, my lord? But if it weren't for me, you'd have no dunghill. And what's more, if my Jenny snuffs it, I'll see to you you don't have it. As sure as my name's Jonathan Chorley. Because it'll be your blame, giving Croft the go-by like you did, bringing her down here, not caring a snap of your fingers what might come of it. Well, that's where you'll find you've made your mistake. And she not thinking of anything power to please you and be worthy of you, worthy of you, she's too good for you. And so I tell you to your head. Anger, colder than Mr Chorley's, but quite as deadly, had welled up in Adam. As he looked at that coarse red face, he felt for a moment almost sick with loathing. Then he saw that large tears were rolling down Mr Chorley's cheeks, and was suddenly sorry for him. He did not know that the things he said were unpardonable, or that self-control in moments of stress was incumbent on him he had fought his way up in the world with no other weapons than his hard head and his ruthless will he was brutal but generous overbearing yet curiously humble and he gave way to his emotions with the ease of a child and Adam replied saying yes sir she's much too good for me and let you have a a quick drink and um, the bit that broke my heart um, was when it says uh, he shifted ponderously in his chair to restore his handkerchief to his pocket and said with an apologetic glance up at Adam she's all I've got you see These simple words went straight to Adam's heart. He said nothing, but laid his hand on Mr. Chorley's shoulder for a moment. One of Mr. Chorley's own ham-like hands came up to pat it clumsily. You're a kind lad, he said gruffly. I'll take another glass of wine, for I need something to pluck me up. I just, like, I can picture it, you know, like the hand on the shoulder and like, don't worry, we've got this. And uh,
1: you don't, and you also, like, you do, um, you completely understand that that like when you you've re- you've been you're really worried about something and you've got all this pent up emotion yeah. and you just want to sort of you almost start an argument just to let all that emotion oh, find yeah. a way of letting out that emotion um
0: and then another bit where you see his vulnerability I think is a bit where mr Chorley... it's so it's after the, the the funds buying up the the um mm. buying up the stock and uh so mr Chorley has I said, oh, I suppose you're going to be paying off the mortgage now you've got the money. Adam knew that he was scowling because he was afraid he was going to be hurt. Well, he shouldn't be, certainly not by the son-in-law who owed him so much, and of whom he was so unmistakably fond. I'll redeem them if you wish it, sir, of course, Adam said. The scowl lifted a little. Why should I wish it? I would a notion you couldn't bear to think I'd ought to do with that place of yours. Nor wouldn't rest easy in your bed till you'd pay me back every penny you've had of me. Good God, sir, I hope you don't expect that of me. "'Counted Adam. I can never play all I owe you.' "'Don't talk so silly,' growled Mr Chorley. "'You know I don't.' "'Yes, of course I do. "'And also that nothing pleases you more than to shower expensive luxuries on me,' Adam said, affection as well as amusement in his eyes. "'As for Fontley, if you mean that I won't let you carpet the Grand Stairway "'or fill the park with deer, you're perfectly right. "'But I give you warning that I have every intention of trying "'if I can't persuade you to dip that little finger of yours "'into a project I have in mind. "'I've no time to get into that now, however.' About the mortgages, I have a much better scheme than to waste my money on redeeming them from you. I should infinitely prefer it if you will settle them on Charles. The scowl had entirely vanished. Now that is a good scheme, exclaimed Mr. Chorley, rubbing his hands together. Yeah. That's nice.
1: It ends on so much, um, on this really nice, even footing, doesn't it? Yeah. So they've, um, yeah, I, I just really like how that relationship is rounded off. That actually, you know, they're not going to... And not rub up against oh, each yeah. other, I'm sure, but yeah. um but they've got a mutual respect mm-hmm. for each other, mm-hmm. and their power dynamic is 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 balanced now, isn't it?
0: I yes, it is, and I like that Adam suggests that perhaps he he become an alderman because I'm yeah. thinking, yeah, good way of distracting him, like give him rather than yeah. you know being proud of Jenny's successes and Charles the the grandchild's successes. He's still got more that he can achieve.
1: He, he does sound like he's already thought of it and he's already halfway oh, yeah, there already. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, doesn't he? so that, yeah. Well, he's got fingers in a lot of pies. Um. So, yeah, Mr. Chorley is an absolute winner.
1: Yeah. And um, there, there's a lot of secondary characters in it, or a lot, a lot. There's a lot of characters in this, isn't, aren't there?
0: Yes. Well, it's one of the longer ones, isn't it? Because it's coming up to 400 yeah. pages, I think. But um, one of my other favourites, though, Lydia, right? Yeah she's a great character i liked her from um, right at the beginning where she said that she fell in love with a footman when she was 12 <laughs> yeah because you would write they're and like the the attractive young men in your home that you're not related to yeah and and, and actually but when you're not out that yeah they're the first men
1: mm. that you're going to meet aren't they that are not yes yeah, not family Mm. yeah they either fell in love with like footman or they're like um dancing master a, a teacher a dancing master, yeah, march, yeah or, or, or teacher or something yeah or, or something like that mm. tutors mm.
0: but you know she's great i think we've already talked about kind of her her sort of witnessing these tensions in the air around her and not fully understanding them but i feel like she's going to go into marriage with broth, understanding a lot more about marriage yeah and
1: i like that she is not she she doesn't want to like jenny because she doesn't understand mm. her motivation for marrying adam to begin mm. with and she can't understand anybody doing something you know for this for the sake of a title or for um for a sensible reason <laughs> yeah um and and she and she loves julia um and she you know she's grown up with julia hasn't she mm. um, they're friends and she has a um, i think she idolizes her a little bit to, to begin with but then gradually throughout the book she um becomes a much better friends with jenny and mm. and really um ends up being and it, it's so um jenny really loves having her around it perks up when she came back when yes. when um, to when jenny was Pregnant and not feeling great, yeah. and they brought Lydia to her, and it's it's a really nice friendship between Jenny and Lydia, I think.
0: And I love that they're, you know, because they're friends as couples. That's going to be a lovely little group.
1: Yeah, just hang out exactly. And yeah, and and then she ends up seeing that Julia for what she is as well, doesn't she?
0: Yes, and and Bruff as well. I think I think she said he says, um, oh well, one well, man's meat is another man's poison. Yeah, um, and like,
1: you get the feeling he always thought that as well, yes. don't you? Like, yeah, you see, he he was a bit disapproving of Adam's relationship with, and and makes a reference to it being a lucky escape. I think.
0: Yeah, I, well, I think Bruff and Rockhill both are more perceptive than than Adam. Yeah, like he's got lots of fantastic qualities, but that that isn't why he's just got a blind spot where it comes to Julia. I suppose it's just lots blind.
1: Of yeah,
0: blinded by love. Yeah.
1: And then Lady Linton as well. I mean, oh. she's not a particularly likeable character. She's very she
0: selfish. Like she, will, she will absolutely mess up her yeah. daughter's chances of living a happy life just to make her own life a bit more comfortable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And just it's just a complete... And the way she she is she feels about feels towards Mr. Chorley as well. Like, cause mm-hmm. I, I understand that he's a bit of an irritating character when he can be overbearing and all of that, but there's mm-hmm. absolutely no acknowledgement of what they owe to him. Yeah. Um, her and Charlotte actually. Uh, he's like, oh no, you can't let him come to um, Fontley. It's like he—he's the reason Fontley is still yeah. there. How <laughs> how snobby can you be?
0: Yeah, there's that snobbish about Jenny as well, and kind of, I kind of—I think they're, they're set up yeah. to dislike her, aren't they? But they're hypocrites, aren't they? Because they will take the money, yeah, but. Yeah.
1: But I do think the, you've got the secondary character arranged in. There's those the people with the excess of sensibility. Yeah. Lady Linton and Julia. Mm. Um, and then you've got this other side of the more sensible characters like Ruff and Lydia and Lord um, Oversley. Um,
0: cool. Oh, yeah. Lord Oversley is a good cool. one, actually. I really appreciate yeah. the fact that you took the effort to tell Adam that his father hadn't killed himself. Yeah. like he, I, I hadn't, as a reader, thought that that might be playing on Adam's mind. But Lord Oversley obviously had the sensitivity to to realise that it might.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's he's, an, he's a good character. He's he's just um, and he also you get the feeling that he understands that Jenny is a good, sensible girl that can make it yeah. actually make him happy. Yeah. Um, so another person who see and and Lady Oversley as well that sees um mm-hmm. Jenny's worth from the beginning. I think. Mm. Yeah. So you have got these 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 characters and different and i think being um down to earth and sensible definitely wins the day in this book doesn't it
0: oh in this book and in life yeah well i think that's everything i mean the amount of notes i have on this book is ridiculous but this is this is already going to be a long podcast or perhaps one of two parts so um i think we'll just it feels have to wrap like we it could talk for a long time doesn't it and i think yeah. maybe we've, <laughs> we've yeah we've come to the end where... <laughs> yeah yeah where we start where we just stop making sense but i think it is one of those books yeah. that makes you that can stimulate really interesting conversations about relationships and, and what you think matters and yeah. yeah it's a good one for that but let's move on to another book um what are you choosing it's your choice isn't it? it's my choice um and actually so as you know, we we tend to pick one. Um, we alternate weeks. Well, we alternate episodes um, in terms of book choice. But because we're kind of coming into the last dozen or so books, we're actually going to plan out what they're going to be, so we don't have like a bunch of adventure ones together and a bunch of romance ones or kind of like that. We're going to spread them out. But uh, so this is the last week where we're, I'm just going to have a free choice, uh, and I'm I'm going for a controversial one. Can you guess, Rach? cousin kate yes wow i know i know i'm That's heavy going i'm a little okay nervous. i can handle yeah. this kind of heavy going much better than i can long reports of of battles yeah i think plus i kind of wanted yeah. it last time because it was you know it's getting darker we're approaching christmas it feels like things should get a little bit creepier a little bit gothic a little bit gothic yeah Right, we're going gothic. Okay. Mm-hmm. So thank you for joining us for this episode. We really appreciate it. Um, as ever, please do rate and review us if you get a mo. Um, what? Well, like, right now. Right now's a good time. Go on. Do it now. You know you want to. <laughs> I thought you were going to do another jingle there, Rach. I love what jingle. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Um, hopefully we will see you for Cousin Kate. Go on, give it another read. Maybe it's going to have grown on you in the meantime. Um, Take care until then. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.